This is Alfonso Davies, and you're listening to BR Football Ranks, and the Bundesliga is back. Welcome to BR Football Ranks, a special bonus episode, and we are delighted to be joined by Schalke midfielder and USMNC star, Weston McKenney. Weston, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. No problem. Yeah, West, honestly, we've been de- desperate to get you on for like six months, like, and pretty eager to get you on for like the whole time the pod is running. So super excited to finally get you on here, man. It's a shame it's in these, in the, in these circumstances, but it's great to have you on, and we're excited to get into some, uh, some quite cool things about your career. All right, let's get to it. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it seems remiss not to start with this kind of situation. And, and how is it? How's it been? And, and what's it like being back in some ways? Um, and some points, it, it feels good to be back. Uh, it feels good to, to see the team and, and you know, be training and getting physical again and everything. But at the same time, it, it's like, man, like I also miss being able to go outside when I want to. This, you know, you're shaking my teammates' hands, or <laughs> when we score a goal and train to celebrate with each other, uh, we just kick each other's foot right now and, and, and go back <laughs> behind the line. So, um, I mean, it feels good at the same time just because it's, you know, it's what we all love to do love to play soccer. And I'm sure the fans are a lot uh, a bit relieved that we're starting back up this weekend as well. Yeah, what happens when you score a goal at the weekend or the, or the following weekend and everyone piles on each other to celebrate like you always do? Like, it's not really allowed, is it? Like, what's, what's going what's gonna to happen? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's foot celebrations, uh, tapping each other's foot. Uh, maybe you run into the crowd, sit down and clap for yourself. I don't know. <laughs> Couple in the pipeline already. Yeah, have you got some prepared for us, mate? Have you already figured it out? Oh, you know me. I'm not a much of a goal scorer. I just gotta push my teammates. So, <laughs> but if I do score, I, I normally never know what to do. Anyways, I might accidentally uh, try and hug someone and get dodged and feel bad after. <laughs> you get booked for it. Yeah. What if the whole team gets booked for celebrating one goal and then you score again and it happens again? Oh man, then I guess we're all missing the next game. <laughs> are you are you excited to go back? Are you uh, to get back onto the pitch, or is there is there some nervousness? Like, what are the emotions ahead of the return? Um, I mean, it's it's honestly like we we for me personally, I don't I don't know what it's going to look like. Um, all you can really do is is try and prepare yourself the best you can. I mean, it's two months without. Uh, competitive soccer you know like not playing against other teams I mean right now we just started picking up playing against each other and I mean some people might come out and look like a totally different player because you know they may have more confidence to try stuff because they might feel like it's an excuse that they messed up they've been out two months Uh, for other players it might be like I don't know how to deal with not playing in front of fans I don't know how to you know deal with uh, this whole situation so I mean right now I think it's it's a whole mental game, uh, as far as I see it. Have you played a game behind closed doors before, ever? Uh, I mean, the doors were open, just nobody came. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> played in games like that. <laughs> but like in a huge stadium, 40, 50,000 seat. So you really can't know how you're going to react to that until it happens, yeah, right? Exactly. And, and what a game to, to go back to. Like, you know, there every derby local rivals yeah. and then not being any fans in the stadium. I mean, it's, it's going to be a little bit different, right? And 
And do you see that? I mean, not necessarily as a positive or a negative because it kind of just is how it is, right? But, you know, not having a yellow wall to play against, not having Dortmund fans to play against, is that a, something you can look at and be like, oh, take advantage of that? Yes and no. I mean, I've, I've always been a player that, that likes it whenever I get a bit of banter from the, the opposing team um, fans just because, you know, I'll, I'll be – if I'm not starting the game and, and I warm up on the sideline and the team's yelling at me, like I kind of smile and just like, <laughs> not if we're losing, if we're losing, then it's a different story, but <laughs> zero, zero, we're winning. And it's, that's kind of what it looks like. And if I'm on the field, like it kind of pushes me even more. Cause like, I don't know, they obviously don't like what you're doing cause you're doing something good. Just keep doing it, cracking people and stuff. So, uh, <laughs> And what's it been like living through this rivalry with someone like Christian Pulisic, who you're close with on the other team? Like just from a personal perspective and your interactions with him and you're just on teams that are bitter, bitter rivals. Like how does that work and how does it change your, your relationship and how you, how you operate? Honestly, I mean, Christian's not, not really a big banter guy. He doesn't really, you know, like if they win or something, like he doesn't really put it, put it out there like towards me. I mean, honestly, we, we, uh, we've dealt with it like normal. I guess many people wouldn't, wouldn't really see it like that, but whenever we're off the field, we don't really talk that much about soccer at all. I mean, it's either like Fortnite or when you, when you're hopping on, like when are you getting onto the game or something like that? And so, I mean, it's been pretty calm. Uh, there was an incident, uh, actually right the day before the four, four derby that we played, uh, was Thanksgiving in America. And my family was here for the game and his family was here for the game. We celebrated it together. And you would think oh, one day before, you know, derby rival match they would for sure not be together but we were <laughs> chilling at his place eating thanksgiving and celebrating it with our families and ended up getting put in build sites and like they're celebrating together like, right before the derby like Sia Kolasinic also like sending to the into one of uh, one of our teammates was like what is he doing why is he with him right now like one day for the derby like it's huge it's huge I was gonna say, yeah. How do people take that? I guess it's not very well, but you can't let it brush you, can you? Yeah, it's it's honestly ridiculous how much the rivalry is. Like, I could be playing a game of Ludo King. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but uh, it's like with different pieces. You have four different pieces, different colors: black, red, green, uh, yellow. And one time I was uh, playing with my friends and I posted on my story and I was playing with the yellow ones and I posted it and, and I got maybe at least 30, 40 DMs from fans like, you can't be playing with the yellow ones. What are, you <laughs> are you serious? It's, it's the team that we can't say. Like, what are you doing? Like, okay. <laughs> it's, it's just mad, isn't it? It's mad. Yeah. I mean, talking about players you've played against, but also players you play with, and some of your teammates now at Schalke. And we, we kind of, I've always kept an interest in John Joe Kenny. And how's he getting on in Germany? And, and can anyone understand him? It's a, actually, it's funny you say that. Many of the guys here, whenever he speaks his real scouse, like real scousman, like accent hard, like if he's talking to Robin Matondo, or if he like gets carried away and talks to me, like I can understand him pretty well. Um, even whenever he gets into his gibberish, uh, I still I still understand it somehow. But the other people were just like, "Nah, no chance." We were actually talking about it yesterday. We we're all at dinner, and uh, he he started talking about Ralph Fairman because they were, we were like bantering, and, and then uh, he said something. Ralph was like, "What did you say? What did you say? Huh? 
and like John just like, ah, oh, you can't understand me. And it keeps going on. <laughs> and like, yeah, so it's quick, um, isn't it? He speaks quick. Yeah, yeah, he, he can. He can when he wants to. But he, I mean, he, he he's liking it over here. He loves it. He's very he's integrated well with the team. Uh, he gets along with everyone. His, one of his really, really close friends here is actually uh, Omar Mascaro, a Spanish, Spanish player. So, um, yeah, he, he loves it here and he, he likes it here. And, um, I mean, hopefully we'll see what happens in the summer. Hopefully we might be able to keep him. Hopefully. I mean, yeah. never know. And Mascarell was given the captain's armband in January. Uh, Alexander Nubel passed it along to him because he'd signed a pre-contract with Bayern. Um, I wanted to ask about him as well. Just just wanted to see, like, what's it what's it like playing with a player who was decided in six months' time, you know, he's going to go. Obviously, he's going to give you your all, but he was your captain and he's he's going. Like, it must be a bit strange. It strikes me as as an odd scenario. Yeah, um, honestly, you you have to think about it. Like, okay, I know it's very very frowned upon here with the fans and everything, but you're not gonna you can't deny that uh, Byron has had a lot of success in the past, and they're still having success right now. And Alex had the opportunity to go to Byron and and make the next step in his career that he felt like he was ready to make and that he felt like was the next step for him. And so, I mean, for me, I, I support him um, and I I don't have any bad feelings towards it or anything like, you know, the fans are, are you know, trash talking him and everything just because he's leaving, which is normal um, because the fans are always loyal to the club and, and want everyone to stay if they can, uh, especially not not change to any team like Dortmund or Bayern. Um, but it is what it is. And, and I think, you know, for him, uh, I hope that he uh, is successful there as well, even though he has some pretty good competition with Neuer there. Yeah, for sure. Just a little bit. The other, t- the other two players I wanted to ask about were two players that arrived from Barcelona in January, Jean-Claude Todibo and Juan Miranda. So like, you, hear, you hear all the time as fans about the technical ability of Barcelona players, players that have come through that academy. Mm-hmm. Is that obvious from the moment they step onto the pitch? Yeah, I mean... For for they're both defenders, and so it's kind of it's, it could be a little bit different situation. But um, you can definitely see attacking wise their confidence and their their abilities they have attacking wise. Um, JC is a very confident dribbler out of the back. Uh, yeah. loves, to, <laughs> loves to spin and turn players, and you know shield them off. Um, you know he he's really good at doing that. He's strong as well for his for his age. I mean he's big anyways. He doesn't seem like he's I don't know nineteen twenty how old he is. Yeah. Uh, but and then Juan, whenever he he attacks up the the left side, you can really see that he has that sort of sort of confidence and ability to play offensively as well. To combine, make one twos, get down the line, cross, or and he had one hell of a shot. I have to say, it's crazy. Have you, <laughs> have you managed to uh, have you managed to tackle uh, Jean Claude Zodivo yet? Because it look, he looks untackleable when he brings the ball out the back. He's got this strange sort of style, <laughs> and he kind of <laughs> shoulder faints and. Actually, the first day that we were back in the contact training that we were able to um, allow to have contact again, I actually tackled him. So I, 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 I was shielding the ball too. The funny thing, shielding the ball, and I, I tackled him, kicked him from the side. Nice. That's a win. That's a win, right? Yeah, exactly. There. Take that one down in, in the book. I mean, look, we talked about two defenders there, um, but like people talking to people who play multiple positions. You know, you've played everywhere with this Schalke side, pretty much. You know, not in goal and not up front. But aside from that, it, it literally is. You know, where do you see yourself, you know, going forward? Like, and 
And is it, you know, fun being able to play, you know, in those different positions and kind of, you know, be like, I'm actually versatile enough to play in a number of you know, different ways, in a number of different styles. And, and, and that's a kind of tool in my box as well. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one, of those, one of those situations that has its ups and downs. Um, definitely has ups and downs. For me, I, I feel most comfortable as an eight, um, box to box, because I'm a type of player that I have so much energy to offer that I, I hate being contained in one spot or like just defend or just attack. Like even, even, you know, some players might love it if a coach says, Hey, just stay up top, you know? But for me, like if, if like the other scenario we played against Dortmund one year and he put Hamza and me as strikers and I, I couldn't, I couldn't live with it. I was just like, I gotta go back and help. Like I gotta do some defensive work. I gotta do something like, <laughs> and most players be like, shit, I'll just, I'll stay up here. No problem. Like, I'll do it. But, so I mean, it has its ups and downs. One, I'm versatile, so coaches can put me in many positions. But two, I worry about like, am I ever going to be able to be great at one position or am I just going to be good at many positions? Yeah. I mean, what, what, at what point does that for you then, you have to take that into your own hands a little bit and maybe ask, sorry, I, 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 not, not to not be a team player, but maybe push the issue a little bit and say, I want to play this or this is, my, this is where I think I can thrive because you obviously want to help. But yeah. as you say, at a certain point, it may start working against you. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, if, if, it, if it was something that is consistently happening, then I probably I would say something about it. But um, this season, if the times that I've had to play center back, um, obviously, I, obviously, I, I didn't really want to, but I had to. And I didn't look at it as a bad way just because really the coach had no other options to play center back. I mean, we literally got so unlucky that, you know, we have four center backs and three when we got injured. And so, I mean, at that point I can understand it. Yep. Now, if it's like, just stick me in there and there's people on the bench that can actually play that position, then I'd be like, oh, well, I don't feel comfortable playing here. If you have someone that can play, like, am I not good enough to play in my position? Or, or yeah. is it? I mean, when that time comes, I think I'll, I'll realize it and I'll know and I'll know when it's time to, to talk and say something. Do you enjoy playing centre-back at all? Or is it something you, you'll do if you have to? I, I don't know. So I don't, I don't, I like it sometimes. Sometimes I don't just because like, for me, it's a lot of thinking. I mean, I, I don't know why, just because like I have the six or the eight mentality in my head, like built in. So if you play me a center back, like I'll have the urge to go forward or step into the sixth position uh, defensively sometimes and, you know, leave my line. So definitely uh, if I don't have to play it, I don't want to play it. <laughs> <laughs> we said this to Alfonso Davies though, when we went to see him at Bayern, he was like, I'm not a left back. And three months later, we were like, he's like, yeah, I think I'm a left back now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, 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 I think he's... He has accepted his fate. I did a charity stream with him a couple of uh, couple of weeks ago, and I was like, "Can I introduce you as a left back?" He was like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> <laughs> do you, uh, yeah, do, you do you guys the North American guys um, in in Germany like do you, do you have like a special bond like a camaraderie? Do you have a WhatsApp group? I mean, a few of um, you are in the same locale. To be fair, yeah. Um, to to be fair, um, Nick Tadewi is also a player that plays for Schalke. He's American. Um, he practically has been living with me these past four weeks that we've been quarantined. He started the quarantine with me. Um, so me and him have a good connection. Alfonso, like me, him, Nick, 
we sometimes play Call of Duty together. Um, I actually, funny thing, I actually, <laughs> I asked uh, Alfonso, like, bro, I'm starting TikTok. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're going to ask advice from anybody, you ask Alfonso. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, I mean, you're the TikTok king right now. So like, what, what, what's a video I can do? And then I was like, ah, screw it. I'm just going to make dance videos because I'm good at dancing. So... <laughs> So is that you guys dropping into the war zone, into Vidansk? Oh, we we definitely if we, yeah we we play war zone um, and multiplayer. I mean, we just we do it all. Honestly, we we tried to do uh, FIFA against each other, but the connection wasn't working. Um, Geo, yeah. As far as far as Geo, um, I haven't been able to really make my way out there towards uh, towards Dortmund or him up here just because he also doesn't have a license uh, yet. So I, I think once he gets his license, and obviously I always told him last time we saw each other, like my door is always open to you if you ever get lonely because when he's out there in Dortmund right now, and, and it can be you know very they have they have like their internat you say in, in Germany like the house that they live in. Uh, as the younger players, they have it on the campus, the training facilities. So it's kind of hard to get out. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Who's uh, who's good at Warzone? I'm good at Warzone. I mean, I'll put that out there. How uh, many how many kills per per drop are we talking? Oh, roughly twenty five. No, oh wow, you are good. <laughs> <plan. laughs> <laughs> no, Sam's um, on an average of three, so like anything above that, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, uh, if I'm playing with the squad, then five, six, seven, something like that. Have you won any yet? Have you been first? Yeah, I've been first in squad, trios, single. Light work. Light, light work. I think the quarantine is built for this. Like I started playing it just because of the isolation. So yeah. I've been on it every every night for the last three weeks. I'm still rubbish, but I'm getting there. Um, <laughs> but but yeah uh, yeah. Is Alfonso any good? Yeah, he's actually he's not bad. He's not bad. I mean, not as good as me. I'll give him TikTok. He got TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> he got the TikTok. Leave him for you, TikTok. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, just a little bit more about like what what you get up to in your in your personal life as well. Uh, flicking through your Instagram. Uh, love the fluorescent purple uh, pants. They're brilliant. Um, but, but away from those, the two dogs in your life. Mm-hmm. Talk, yeah. talk to us about those beautiful dogs. Uh, so Lola's my American Akita, the brown one. And uh, Sky is my husky. Um, Lola I got actually when I was 19, living by myself in the apartment. Uh, was a big struggle. <laughs> big stroke I didn't think about it completely because uh, you know whenever you have a dog with your family you don't really think about all the work that goes into it because the whole family's taking care of the dog but when it's just you it's like wow like you gotta pick up all the, the crap every time and like it's it was a baby she was a baby so she was you know I would have to go to training I didn't have a garden I had a balcony uh so I would leave her in the house I was still moving into the apartment so I had boxes and stuff so I'd leave her in the apartment two hours and, and then I would like come back and then like rush back either in between a training or, or like right after training. So it was, it was, it was very hard actually at first, but now I have a guard. Now she has her friend, uh, Sky and Sky got maybe a year ago. Yeah. About a year ago. And he's, he's, he's just a handful. 
honestly. <laughs> he's a he's a handful. He's he's a big cuddler. Loves to cuddle. Loves to cuddle, but he's a handful, really. It must be, so this must be the toughest training. part about going back to going out to the facility, going training. You miss yeah. him already. Yeah, I mean it's 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 one of those things like for me, it's one of those things like I love my dogs to death. I can whenever it's like a it's like a kid sometimes, like whenever you have a newborn baby, like sometimes the time away you're like, Oh, I can like chill and rest and then and then there comes a point where you start missing them you're like oh i kind of miss like all the the, you know the recklessness of my dogs (laughs) i need them back so yeah they're they're just like kids something else i uh i read i read that you're a big harry potter fan is that true oh very nice okay all right, that was not an understatement, was it, Weston? Huh? <laughs> oh, God, 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 bro. <laughs> and, thus, um, and thus ends the interview. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was it. Um, we uh, we're called BL Football Ranks for a reason. We rank stuff. Now, uh, sometimes it's football, sometimes it's not. And I was wondering if you'd be interested in ranking the Harry Potters, the, all seven of them, in order of how much you like them. Goblet of Fire is number one for me. Is it? Yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, I agree with that. I'm still um, a number three man. I'm still a prisoner of Azkaban boy at the time. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Sirius Black is is one of my favorite characters, though. Naturally, I will say that. Yeah, uh, it doesn't play. A, I mean, he plays a big part, but not as long as I would have liked. But definitely, uh, I'd say Goblet of Fire, Deathly Hollows Part Two, hmm. Sorcerer's Stone, just because I love the beginning of it. It's like gives me chills watching the whole thing. I've watched multiple times. <laughs> it's, li- it's literally magical. When yeah, I went to see that in when I went to see the first time in the cinema, I must have been like ten, less, nine. Yeah. And apparently I stood up in the middle of the cinema. I was like, Mom, it's just like how I imagined it. Yeah. <laughs> oh dude. It's, so we got it's, it. It's everything. Yeah. What's it's the everything. uh let's carry on the ranking, but have you got an idea for the last one? Because that can help fill it out. What's the worst? The worst one? Yeah. I I didn't I didn't really like Order of Phoenix that much. I'm with you. I'm with you. Number five is bottom for me, and number yeah. and number four is top. Yeah, like six and seven are are, are right up there. I think just below number. Yeah, four. I didn't. I didn't really like like yeah Order of Phoenix. I didn't really like it. But Chamber of Secrets, I would have to be next on my list. I like that one. After that would be Deathly Hallows Part One. Then Prisoner Azkaban is honestly it, it's it's like it's right before the last one for me. Oh, actually, Jenny got it. Jack, Jenny your response. It. Because when I, I, I think of it like if I go back right now like and I want to watch a Harry Potter movie, I wouldn't go and say Prisoner Azkaban. But I would directly gobble the fire every time. I could watch that 10, 11, 12, 13. I already have, but I could watch that over and over again. Yeah. Okay. I, think it's the, I think it's the best book. I don't think it's the best film. Uh, fair oh, enough. That's fair enough. That's what the, I, the only one that you haven't mentioned is number six, is Half-Blood Prince, I think. Yeah, that 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 one was also actually take that back. Here we go. Half the prince will go will go and place the prisoner asking him. I'll okay. I'll give you a little slack on that one. Well, at second, well, at second last. Yeah. Oh, that's harsh for me. That is harsh. Now I, I, I'm kind of shock value at the end, man. It got me. It, it speaks to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. Everyone can have slightly different rankings, but we've got we've got your ranking there. That's the most important thing that can possibly come from this interview. I am sure of it. Absolutely. Um, let's do a segue before we go back into the football. Can you can you give me a, another quick ranking, like the three things you miss most about the USA when you're over in Germany? Food. Yeah. 
I'm a fat one, so I'll food. Uh, <laughs> but, American, but American food is great. And I, how do you feel about the German cuisine? Uh, it's all right. It's 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 one of the it's one of the things like you can only really I feel like you can understand it as American. Like you have a lot of burger places in America, but like all the burgers will taste different in America. Here it's like you have burger places or you have pizza, but like it doesn't really have like a big difference in taste from you know one place to the other here. Right. Um, so it's it definitely every everything tastes of sauerkraut. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> It's quite heavy though as well, German cuisine, isn't it? Like it's yeah. quite like it sits there, it's quite stodgy. Whereas I, like, I love you know, it for like three days. And yeah, then exactly. I've, I've had yeah, enough. Yeah, it's yeah, no, for me I definitely miss food. I miss I miss the vibe, the vibe of Americans. Um here a lot of a lot of the society and everything, like it's nice and it, it's chilled also, but they're also I mean they're very like left, right, left and strict and and like if i'm driving and i'm going 10 kilometers over the speed limit and there's an older person walking on the side of the road they'll like look at me and stare me down while i'm driving like (laughs) and i'm just like bro it's not like bro nobody's on the road like it's empty like nobody's here (laughs) so it's definitely the vibe in america i I miss that um and i think i think the coast like the the coast life just like the ability to to go to florida or go to like you know california or new york or just like i don't know it's it's i mean we're surrounded by places we can go here but i don't know it's just different in america i feel like and the weather i miss the weather in america (laughs) You don't really yeah. associate Germany with that beaches and stuff, do you? That's never the no, whole, like, you never go, oh, yeah. in Germany, but it's not yeah, one of those. So I guess you it's don't. Like... You don't at all. No, fair yeah. enough. All right, we're going to have to put, move it back to the football. Um, as much as I love talking about Harry Potter and beaches with you, you do it all day. Um, and we'd like to talk US national team uh, okay. for, for us, but if that's all right. Now, obviously, the thing hanging over that conversation is, is the, the 2018 uh, failure to qualify for the World Cup. And mm-hmm. Everything that every American says about, you know, this is basically looking forward and trying to figure out, like, what can we do to make sure that doesn't happen again for 2022? Yeah, um, it was, I mean, I remember when, when that happened, when, when we didn't qualify, I was actually here at Nick Tattery's apartment and I woke up. And I like looked at my phone, went to Twitter because, you know, I was, I was young, still young at the time. And then, and I was, you know, hoping that they would qualify, maybe that I, I would get the chance to go as one of the young players, you know, because normally with each cycle of the World Cup, like, they would take one or two young players. Couldn't count Christian as one of the young guys because he was running the show at that time. So uh, there was two spots open, I felt like, and I had a good feeling about it. But, um, yeah, I remember I woke up and, and looked at my phone and said they lost. And I was like, I ran straight to Nick's room. I was like, bro. They didn't qualify. He was like, nah, bro, stop playing. Like, nah. I was like, no, they didn't qualify. They lost. He was like, no way. And I mean, that feeling right there was 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 like your stomach just dropped whenever you saw that. And I think now, I mean, everyone's realizing like soccer, soccer, like things happen, the craziest things can happen. You can't really control uh, a lot of it. But we're doing as much as we can and, and everything that we can to make sure it doesn't happen again. And we have a lot of, a lot of talent. Um, if you really look at our talent pool, like yeah. you have Christian, you have Tyler, you have Gio Reyna coming up, you have um, Serginho Des, you have John Brooks, and, and 
Josh Sargent. I mean, you have so many people that can help younger the younger guys that are coming up through, like that are very very talented. You have two at PSV that are that are coming up. I mean, it's honestly like I mean, a lot of people they like to down talk American soccer, but if you really look like at the the, the players and quality that the team has, even in the, the MLS, like we have quality players that can play. At, at top levels so yeah the under 20 world cup has, has absolutely shown us like even so even add more names to your list like chris richards and paxton pomical in dallas like serious serious talent production yeah exactly so i, I think i think it'll, it'll be it'll be interesting i think the only thing if if anything that we might lack is just the experience in a qualifier as many of the players that have come that are that are playing right now haven't experienced you know qualifiers and and I'm sure they're totally different than than you know just a regular game you know there's all types of conditions that play into it there's maybe some bad calls from referees that go against you like you know, I mean it could I mean just be a lot different so we'll see what happens when it comes is it one of those things that you kind of file away and use for motivation is it one of the things that you go right that goes on the fire pile and we don't you know I don't want to feel like that again it's one of those kind of things that sticks with people and go, okay, we use that next time things come around. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, it's, it's, it's one of those things that we, we use as fuel for the next time that it comes around like that, but it's also something that we use just to learn from and to see what we could do better uh, and to see, you know, where we can improve in certain things um, as a team, as a collective, uh, mentally uh, prepare for the conditions that we might face um and to be able to face adversity when it comes so i think it's definitely used as fuel whenever we're we're preparing now for the next qualifiers um a lot of the players that you listed off there um very talented and it's a great group has it been a bit annoying that injuries to one or two of them at different points throughout the last 18 months means that actually we don't actually get to see all of you play together very often i was looking back yeah. at times that you shared a midfield with tyler adams for the u.s national team i've got like four examples in two years it's 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 disappointing that it, it can't happen and it, it applies to the whole team as well seemingly yeah yeah um that's definitely a, a big big part of um, any any player's career injuries. Um, it's also, I mean, it's sad for us. We we whenever one of us gets injured or something, and there's a camp coming up, we're always like, "Are you coming in? Are you coming in, bro? Are you gonna be good? Like, bro, come on! Like, I want to play with you. Like, <laughs> so we're just as much as you guys are, are you know, behind, you know, back there, and, and all the fans are like, I want them to play. Like, I want to see them play together. See how they are. Like, the chemistry and stuff like this. Like we're the same way like we're just eager to play with each other because I mean, we played with each other whenever we we're children and, and younger um and definitely would love to to play with each other now because we kind of know what the other players like and what each of us like to do if you know if i'm playing with christian i know if he has the ball wide i'm not going to run over there to try and support him like i'm just like yo go ahead take him one-on-one -on -one. that's your strength i'll run into the box because nine times out of ten you're going to beat the guy uh I'm playing with Tyler, like, I can really rely on him. Like, if I, I can really say, okay, if I, you know, get out of position one time and maybe go too far in the attack, like, I know Tyler is disciplined enough to know and see that he'll stay behind and vice versa. So it's one of those things, like, we have good chemistry together and we know what we each other like, so that's why we're also eager to play with each other. On those teammates. Holy um, Trinity there. Yeah, that's the Holy Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> um, on those teammates, um, 
Christian Pulisic and, and, and Tyler Adams, for sure, very interesting names, amazing players, having good seasons. Uh, I was wondering if you might be able to give us maybe three things about each that we might not know about them, but are quite interesting. And <laughs> I, I, I know one thing about Christian, but I don't know if he, if people know about it. And I don't even know if I can even say it, just because... <laughs> He's, I don't, I don't know if he's, yeah, no, I, I couldn't say that. I couldn't do that to him. I, I, I can't just put him on blast like that. Um, that. That's his, that's his thing to tell. I, I will say, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people might know this, but Christian is really, really good at Fortnite. Um, outstanding. He actually just, just played in a, in a charity tournament with uh, Booga on his team. So he's, uh, he's really good. Uh, he loves his dog. Uh, he actually had had uh, one of his friends drive, go pick up his dog in Pennsylvania and drive it like to another or another state in in in, uh, in America just so he could see his dog. Uh, How far was that? What was that journey? Um, I think it was 10, 10 hours, twelve hours. Like <laughs> it was, it was. <laughs> he loves his dog. Really. Yeah. If you drove for uh, 10 hours out of the UK from London, like, I think you'd just be in the sea. Yeah, you like, would, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. One more little fact about Christian to make it a top three. Have you got anything else? Something along the lines of driving 10 hours for a yeah, dog. That's an amazing is, story. That's amazing. It's ludicrous. <laughs> as much as I like dogs. Um, he actually has a, a horse boarding uh, thing with his sister, I think. Like they they board horses, but like well, he like is like riding. No, I mean he. I mean he rides horses, of course. Yeah, he rides horses. No, but like uh, what's boarding? Boarding is like, is like keeping for, them. It's like housing housing horses. Like if people go away, like you know, if you you're going away on a trip and you have a dog, you give your dog to like a trainer or something. Oh, like, like a like, kennel. Yeah, like he does that, but like has that with his sister, like with horses. Is that in like Pennsylvania or something? Yeah. Okay, so you might you might be needing somewhere to to stash your horse for a while and you might rock up and Christian Pulisic takes your horse off you. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, that's up there. I'll take that. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, yeah. I mean, I mean, look, I mean, if, you, if you're in America, go to Pulisic. In, as we found out uh, last year, if you're in Germany, you could take your horse to Thomas Muller. He's got loads of them. <laughs> yeah. He's got tons, yeah, of, uh, tons of horses. Something I, I can't say about Tyler, but it's not even like a, I don't know if, big secret but he's like he's very 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 disciplined um like when i'm roommates with him at at like camps and stuff i'll be playing a video game and he'll be sitting there like doing college courses like and you would like me like i'm thinking like i'm not gonna do college courses right now like i'm gonna know my career like i'll do it after if anything but like he's doing college courses like while we're in camp and i'm just like oh my gosh like you're younger than me? No way. Like, <laughs> should I be looking up to you? <laughs> it's good. Bit of discipline. I like it. Yeah, no, he's, well, there he's very, disciplined. very disciplined. Do you think there's something that drags people? Like, you know, there's quite a big North American contingent in Germany right now. I'm a Fulham fan. And over the years, we've had a, a massive American contingent come through the doors at Fulham, all the way through from, you know, McBride and Bocanegra through... You know Tim Ream now, but uh, Dempsey, Della Torre, Dempsey. Like, you know they've all come through the doors in, in some way. Do you think there's something that kind of drags people in, in not necessarily at, at Fulham, but like in terms of you go, okay, there's you know you obviously you and Christian were over there killing in America in, in Germany, and now you've seen that contingent kind of grow. 
Do you think there's something about that that people go, okay, maybe maybe I'll give it a shot over there because it seems to be something that's kind of sprung not out of nowhere, obviously, but you know, it's kind of come out in the last couple of years, really. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things. Like, I mean, Christian's my aide, but even seeing him over here uh, doing his thing at Dortmund um, also helped me in making my decision of coming over here as well. Um, and I think you know, we we all talk, and the people that that. You know, the kids that do decide to come over here have some way to connect to one of us, uh, whether it's through a friend or it's through an agent, whether it's through, an, I mean, we all definitely talk to each other before we make the move um, and give each other advice and tell each other straight how it is. Like if anyone calls me and asks me how it is, I, I don't say it's a walk in the park. I say it, it's hard. I mean, if, if that's what you're ready to do, it, then, then you got to make sure you're 100% with it because it's not going to be easy and if you don't like to run germany is not your place to come like <laughs> if you want to just play offense or something like if, if you're going to play offense you better have kingsley coleman status or something and, and kill every offense yeah. or defense you play against but um i think also germany is a big landing point for a lot of uh, a lot of americans as well uh just because the bundesliga gives a lot of kids opportunities I mean, you see it also in, in England, most of your guys' young stars come over to, to Germany to get opportunity. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, Germany is one of those places that aren't afraid to take risk on, on young players. And if, they can, if they can play, then they can play. Yeah, Premier League sides don't want to take those risks. They, they don't feel like they could afford to. So yeah. the English youngsters tend to just flock to Germany for that opportunity. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, had, I had one final question for you, Weston. Uh, this is something that I find... Every time I check his Wikipedia page, I find this mad because I forget this happened. David Wagner played for the U.S. national team. <laughs> yeah. So the first time I ever heard of David Wagner is when he was Huddersfield boss. You, yeah. you listen to him, he sounds German. Would never have guessed that he yeah. played for America. So my question is, like, how American is he? Um, uh, honestly, I, I don't. I mean, just from what I've seen, I, I wouldn't even really. I would. I think the same thing you thought. I would have never thought he was American. Mm. Um, if I didn't read about it or if, you know, I wasn't told, uh, just because also like whenever me and him talk to each other, we talk in German, right. we don't even speak in English and you would think like, okay, like if you got a person from, you know, a country that you're from that you can speak, like you would obviously speak, you won't go in and speak, uh, Spanish with a person that's from England and yeah, yeah. just you can speak it, you know? So uh, honestly, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't have thought he was American also if I didn't know that he, uh, didn't read up on his history, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Blows my mind that one every time I remember it. Yeah. Well, massively good luck in the derby this weekend. Thank you. I hope Thank it goes you. your way and I hope that the empty stadiums don't don't put too many people uh, off. Yeah, no. It'll it'll definitely be awkward. Um it'll be awkward for sure. Yeah, and I'm not the... I'm I'm excited, I'm excited, but part of me is like this is going to be so weird. Like watching Atalanta versus Valencia before the, uh, the pause, you know, you can, yeah. it, it reminds you that football is just a game of men screaming at each other. Yeah. And, um, it's actually quite off putting. No offense. <laughs> it's just you lot screaming. But anyway, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be good to have it back. Weston, it'd be good to see you. Uh, thank you so much for coming yeah. on and spending time with us. Thanks for having me. I'll see you. Thanks mate. Take it easy. You too.